Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Morning shot. Very warm welcome to Morning Shot. I'm Lin Lee. Coming on the back of a visit to China, Singapore's Deputy Prime Minister Lawrence Wong says it will be realistically difficult for the relationship between the US and China to return to what it was and hopes that both major powers will hopefully develop a new basis for their bilateral ties with at least some guardrails to prevent misunderstanding, manage differences and avoid conflict. In the meantime, at a recent Senate hearing, three of US President Joe Biden's top aides warned that budget cuts would undermine the country's ability to compete militarily, diplomatically and economically with China. They were speaking in a rare joint appearance in Congress on Biden's budget request and the U.S.-China relationship, underscoring Washington's focus on competing with the Asian power. This all comes amid intense negotiations on a deal to raise the $31.4 trillion debt ceiling to avert an economically catastrophic default. For more analysis on the nuances behind the issue ahead of the upcoming G7 summit, we're joined by Robert Sutter, Professor of Practice of International Affairs at George Washington University. A very warm welcome to you, Professor. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. All right, let's get right into it. Secretary of State Antony Blinken, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin and Secretary of Commerce Gina Raimondo appeared at this Senate Appropriations Committee hearing. How significant would you assess this to be? I think it's quite significant. Keep in mind that the Appropriations Committee are really the most important committees for all of these government agencies. And so this is quite important. Uh, I think the message was uh, captured by Mr. Blinken uh, pretty well, and it's very consistent with what's been going on up to this point. It's a bipartisan, whole-of-government effort uh, to deal with the challenges coming from China. Uh, He makes that very clear, that it's bipartisan, and it involves both the executive and the congressional branches of government cooperating together to do that, along with U.S. efforts to build internal strengths and to build relationships abroad that can be very helpful in dealing with these very many problems that we have, uh, challenges that the United States faces uh, with China. Uh, so that, that's a very consistent message. I think there was, uh, in the hearing, there was some commentary by uh, some of the, like the chair of the meeting and so forth, warning the Republicans in the House mm-hmm. that uh, they were endangering the efforts against China by cutting funds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so this is a posture by by both the people uh, in the House and also the people in the Senate, uh, a bit of partisanship, if you will, criticizing this type of thing. Uh, But I don't think that distracts from the fundamental, very strong momentum in Washington, bicameral um, uh, and bipartisan, uh, to counter these many challenges that China poses to the United States. Now, with China's increasingly assertive posture in the Asia-Pacific expected to feature prominently, especially at the upcoming G7 summit discussions, will it make an already frozen relationship between U.S. and China even worse? It will. I think the, the basic trend is, is this seems to be what's happening. The United States is countering China's challenges, not just in the Asia-Pacific, but in all sorts of areas. High technology is very important as well, and many others. And it's challenging that it's countering these efforts. And in the process, that uh, which used to be relatively easy for China to do. And now they run up against the United States and they pay costs and it's hard. And they don't like it one bit. And this leads to rising tension. And so we're having rising tension in Asia Pacific and in other areas dealing with China. 
Uh, but the U.S., I think, is determined to defend itself. And so under these circumstances, I think we're just going to have more tension going forward. Now, the two leaders of the two countries have not spoken in months, but a lot of action still gone down between the U.S. and China, including competition in many ways. What is the most significant impact we're seeing on U.S. businesses so far? Well, U.S. business is, is caught in between, uh, particularly those businesses that are highly engaged with China. They're caught in between this situation. We've had curbs now, of course, on Chinese investment in the United States. We have curbs on U.S. Uh, providing high technology to China. We have curbs on technology on computer chips with China. Uh, these kinds of things have been implemented, and I think more are in the works. Uh, I think the U.S. investment in China will be subject to review, and that's coming fairly quickly, it seems to me, uh, as soon as they can work it out between the Congress and the executive on how to do this. And so what that involves, I mean, how extensive it will be, it's uncertain. Uh, but this doesn't help the atmosphere in China for companies uh, like the U.S. companies that are deeply involved with China. Meanwhile, of course, China is carrying out its own sort of de decoupling, de-risking type of policies uh, on its, its end. And this is alarming Western companies and U.S. companies in particular. And so you have uh, these twin problems that they're facing, mm. which are featured in this very, very competitive U.S.-China relationship. And I think there are going to be more of these pressures. We're in conversation with Robert Sutter, Professor of Practice of International Affairs at George Washington University. Professor, just two weeks ago, Senate Democrats announced a renewed legislative effort to counter competition from China. And areas in that package are vast, ranging from limiting the flow of advanced tech to China, curbing U.S. investment in China, as well as more investments in domestic industries that can reduce reliance on China. Before I get into that, this new Washington consensus, what do you make of it? The Washington consensus has actually been in in the works for five years, uh, although people just didn't pay much attention to it. It's really the Congress and bipartisan majorities in the Congress that have been pushing this consistently, uh, that we need to defend America against these various Chinese challenges. It began in the Trump administration. Mr. Trump really never really bought into this. He had his own agenda. Uh, but the strategy that the Trump administration had with China did reflect this concern, and the Congress worked cooperatively uh, with those members of the administration. Mr. Biden, at first, when he ran for president in 2019, he didn't give much attention to China, didn't think it was that important. Uh, he changed dramatically in 2020 and 21. He's very consistent with the mainstream in Congress today. But this has been in Congress since 2018. And Mr. Blinken underlined this in his testimony when he called for a whole-of-government effort against China. And the Congress in 2018, in August of 2018, passed a major law that said we need a whole-of-government effort to counter challenges with China. Uh, so they're on the same page, uh, but didn't get much attention. Now it gets attention, which is good. And now China realizes what it's up against. And this is a very united United States uh, dealing with this question. Do you think that U.S. is retreating from free trade over China? And will this change anything for America as the agenda setter on the international stage? It could. Uh, I think that uh, I think you're, you're raising a prospect that some people have raised. Mm -hmm. The cost of doing it in, in the past 
and the way it was done in the past, the cost is too high for the United States. It was extremely high as the Chinese took advantage of this. And keep in mind, the Chinese practice all sorts of things uh, that aren't announced. They just do things uh, that are very bad for the existing economic order as far as the United States is concerned. And I think they're very bad as a whole. But uh, they, they just don't acknowledge those, the things that they do. And so the upshot of this is that kind of order just doesn't work. And the U.S. Uh, has to protect itself in this situation. And that's what the Congress is focused on, is protecting America against these very serious challenges. Which are some of the areas you think both China and the U.S. are more likely to be able to work out? Uh, a midway point, perhaps, to ease what seems to be a frozen relationship in recent days. Yes, I think there are areas to work together. With China, as you know, we're dealing with a very determined leadership, and it's very, very tightly controlled by Mr. Xi Jinping. And so this is, a, uh, uh, this is something that I, I don't think that will change. Uh, but there still are areas where cooperation is important. And I do think that uh, you, both sides really want these guard, guardrails so that they avoid conflict, military conflict. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, uh, that's probably going to happen. Uh, but it takes time, and uh, we were moving in this direction, but then this uh, episode with the spy balloons emerged and, de- and derailed that effort. Uh, but I think it's on the way to change, the, uh, and we'll see what happens. Uh, but I think that I'm relatively optimistic that this will happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a way, we sort of have to look at Cold War analogies, it seems to me. Mm-hmm. In other words, we have this very acute competition, and we don't want war. And so we sat down with the Soviet Union. The United States sat down with the Soviet Union to negotiate possibility of, of making sure that we wouldn't have war with one another, which would be disastrous. And I think that Beijing recognizes this and Washington recognizes this. And so I don't think that's where we're going. I think, uh, I think we are going to have guardrails, and I'm optimistic they'll come forward. And But, boy, are we going to have competition and we're going to have tension for the reasons that I emphasized. It was easy for China in the past. It is not easy now. And they don't like it. And so this is a big problem for them. And they act on it. And it leads to more tension. All right. Thank you very much for your perspectives and insights, Professor. We've been speaking with Robert Sutter, Professor of Practice of International Affairs at George Washington University. Have a good day ahead. Thank you very much. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SBH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.